Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome back for the week. Hope your July 4th was safe and happy and you're well. A lot of explosions on the, in the sky. Uh, I've yeah. ever seen so many fireworks. fireworks. Holy yeah. cow. But you know what? I think there's a, you know, oh, we can't have a fireworks show. Then we're going to make our own fireworks show. I can't tell you how many illegal fireworks I saw in the air, too. But it's great. It was fun. It was be. I didn't have to move anywhere. I could just look out my window. Oh, look! There's a bunch of fireworks. I didn't have to. I did not buy a single firework this year. And we thought, ah, should we do our own thing? I don't regret it one bit. Yeah. So many other people were doing shows. We got to sit back and enjoy it. Hey, speaking of sitting back and enjoy it, what uh, a huge ovation to you and the Cast Rally Media Group for putting together a spectacular radio broadcast, so that Providence, Richmond, North Logan, and Hiram. Could all have their fireworks shows to be watched and uh, enjoyed for. Uh, I, I know that uh, several of our uh, family members were trying to find an app to be able to turn it on to. And we had people down the street blasting their radio to 610 AM KVNU or to, I mean, one of the five stations that had it. It was just, it was, it was cool too because you, no matter where you were walking, you heard a car with a Cash Valley radio station on it. With the right, getting ready to listen to the broadcast, and someone would scream out, Hey, how long do we got? They turn up, the, you know, you hear the voice of five minutes until the show begins. And uh, what a huge ovation to you guys and your great work and putting that together. Now, we had some great staff here working with that, work and coordinating with the other people that put that together uh, with the communities and those who did all the fundraising for it for the July 3rd show. That was cool. But then uh, we had staff here do our own thing uh, on uh, on Saturday, on the 4th. At 10 o'clock, so as people were lighting off their own things, people were turning on the radios again, so it was really cool how that all came together, and appreciate all the good hard work that everybody put in to make that happen. Yep. Uh, so again, we hope you uh, enjoyed your July 4th and uh, your holiday weekend. We welcome you back to normal and real life, and boy, it has, uh, speaking of fireworks, we got a lot of fireworks going on in sports. You go from NBA to Major League Baseball to college football, it is all going down. From players dropping out to the seasons uh, to football on the verge of we don't know if it's going to exist this season and if not then what do you do Eric there's just so many questions in college football and not many answers right now with still about just a little over a month to play yeah there's a lot of uncertainty still uh, as more teams are getting together and more teams are doing testing more players are testing positive uh, but what's interesting when we talked about this we wanted to monitor would they how successful would they be at isolating the individual while still allowing the rest of the team to to do things? But we're seeing that a lot more than just the individuals getting isolated. Um, and so there's still some real concern about will things happen in the fall like are normally scheduled? NCAA said you can start getting together and here's your plan for camp when you can report and when you can do things together as a team and with a, a schedule moving forward to your regular start dates. But, man, the Ivy League is looking at starting in the spring. There's some talk about uh, teams delaying their start until October. So, uh, uh, Ajay, it's still, there's it's cl- we're getting closer and closer, and there seems to be more and more uncertainty about what's going to actually happen this fall. Paul Feinbaum of SEC Network actually uh, had some comments today, and, and we know... 
Look, not a lot of us are fans of Paul Feinbaum because he's so biased. I mean, incredibly disgustingly biased towards the SEC network, but yet he's on ESPN acting as a college football analyst, which is a mistake in itself. Uh, but anyways, he goes on to talk about some of those obstacles. One of the ideas, as you already mentioned, Eric, is that maybe football could be moved to spring. Now, we're going to break this down, uh, I guess, problem to uh, uh, theory to solution. So let's start with the problem, uh, and that's that football is no is not going on. And so what's the solution is that it may move to maybe a spring. Come on. I just push play for the love. This isn't going to work, is it? It is still a last resort, but that last resort may be the next resort uh, pretty soon because of the current status uh, of the country. Uh, college football administrators have spent all spring looking at contingencies, how to open up, how to get to Labor Day weekend. And, and now they are extremely nervous about what they're seeing, what we're all seeing around the country. So quietly, uh, they are whispering the spring football concept. They don't want to do it. There are so many problems. Primarily, the best players will not play or will likely not play. Uh, and besides, in some parts of the country, uh, it is uh, bitter cold. But in a couple of weeks, this could become a very big conversation. So here's the other part to it. If you change season to spring, the obstacles, um, and there are quite a few of them. Well, probably a shortened season because uh, there's no way you could get 12 games, and you'd, you'd have to start uh, in January, and I don't think that's doable in, in very many parts of the country, even in parts of the South. So you would probably play a 10-game season, maybe all-conference uh, season. Uh, I mean, so those are some of the things that you're looking at. Um, you just have to go ahead and say Trevor Lawrence, Justin Field, and company will not be around because the NFL uh, overtures have been made, and the NFL is saying, we're not changing the draft. We don't really care. Thank you very much. See, that's a bring, he brings up a really good point. If you start in the spring, what NFL draftees are going to say, yeah, no, thank you. A, I don't want to risk my health to go play a college football season when I'm going to the NFL and I know I'm going to be a top 15, a top 20, a first-round pick. Yeah, I think that really only affects a handful of players. I, I think everybody else is still going to go out there and play because – a, it's their opportunity to, to finish a senior season if they are a senior or a, a highly touted junior to finish to still do a, a season. Uh, but B, um, not just to, to finish what you started, but to try to improve your your, your opportunity because it, it's probably not really known or even guaranteed if you're going to be able to to get drafted. And so there's still opportunity to to get out there and play and get some tape on you and and to uh, get some buzz about about your play and what you can do, how you can help the team. A major impact to starting the spring season on a positive note would be this. Gotta be kidding me. This thing will not play for me today. <laughs> Forget it. Uh, it's actually talking about how we could have fans. Um, that in the spring, and we don't know what COVID-19 is going to do uh, in April of next year. We have no idea if it's going to be there or not. But if it's not, then you actually have a chance to be able to have fans in the stands to be able to watch the games. Which is, uh, for uh, according to a lot of Power 5 ADs that I, what I've been seeing around, it's a big deal to have those fans in the stands for big games. Yeah, the lack of fans is, a, is really big. Um, because that's uh, such a big part of the operating budget. All right, because people may give 
donations that are tied. Well, they, when they buy their season tickets, they have to make a donation also for scholarships. And if there's not going to be fans in the stands, do you pull out not just your your season ticket purchase, but also your scholarship donation? Uh, that help. I mean, that really hurts uh, any of the uh, as we've talked about with NBA and Major League Baseball, not just ticket sales, but all the other advertising gimmicks that happen in the middle of a game. Signage, banners, um, what happens in the at the timeout, what happens in the quarter break. Those are all sponsored events. Those would all go away or have to Wipe be dramatically yeah. changed. So it's a big financial hit uh, to these organizations. So they desperately want to have some form of fans in the stands. Because if not, man, it, you're going to start seeing sports cut. You're going to see salaries cut. Uh, it's going to be. We're already starting to see that, and I think it's just going to be exacerbated. If if college football cannot happen, it's going to affect the entire athletic department. Every then, student in the athletics is going to be affected if college football doesn't happen. Now, of course, as you heard in the top of the hour minute news update, Ivy League is going to be making a decision on July eighth about what they want to do officially with their football season. And it really is an important one for the rest of college football country. Uh, I'd like to hear your thoughts on that too here, uh, of of why the Ivy League football is going to be so important. The presidents of universities, they pay attention to what Ivy League presidents are going to do. Some of them want to be Ivy League presidents one day. And I, I think they'll take a very close look. And most people believe the Ivy League is not going to play this fall. So... It will send a message. Uh, here's, here's the Ivy League. Remember one thing. The Ivy League was the first basketball, uh, first league to decide we're not playing the conference basketball event a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago. When they decided on that Tuesday, we all laughed. By Thursday, everything was gone, including the NCAA tournament. Thoughts? Greed? Is Ivy League have that much impact to say? Well, yeah, I don't know if they have that much impact and that much sway. I don't think that college football is going to be paying that much much attention to what the Ivy League does. I think that's a little, um, <laughs> I don't know the right term. Um, anyway, it just seems a little bit much that uh, college football presidents, uh, presidents of, of significant college football programs would look that closely to what the Ivy League is going to do. See, and, and that's what doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I think basketball is a little different, but to say that, oh, I want to be an Ivy League president, so I'm going to do whatever the Ivy League does, I, that's, come on. That's silly. Uh, I, I mean, I don't I don't doubt there's a lot of school presidents who would not, you know, be disappointed if they could get that opportunity and be a president at that kind of an institution. But if it means you get to be a president at a, um, a, a very large, significant, influential university that's not Ivy League, then probably still take that opportunity. I just think that college football, with the powers that be and all the money that's tied to it, they're going to try to do the best that they can to do things as they've normally done. To do a shift to the spring is a is a huge risk. I think that's really low on the on the on the uh, contingency plans that these Power Five or even some of the bigger group of five schools may be looking at is uh, playing football in the spring. I think that uh, limiting the number of fans in the stands or limiting interaction with the players, uh, maybe even a delay, I think those are more likely than delaying until the spring. I think that's like a a last-ditch effort. And it kind of surprises me that the Ivy League is 
push that up to the forefront of, of their proposal, of their plan. Again, their decision will come officially on July 8th. A lot of them and many reports are saying that they have or at least are leaning very strongly to having spring football uh, this upcoming 2021 football season. Just crazy to even think that's even a possible option uh, at this time. Uh, some very disturbing news on the uh, Utah State football front that came down yesterday, Eric. Talk about fireworks. These are the unintentional yeah. kind. That These are the illegal fireworks that shouldn't be going off. And blow up in your face. Yep, and absolutely. People get injured, and it's it's bad news. Um, I don't know. They haven't, haven't seen the full dialogue. I've not seen the full conversation, but uh, I, I've seen enough. Uh, somebody got into it with Ty Shaw, somebody posting on, on uh, Snapchat about you know, they didn't like the 4th of July um, because black people were still slaves on July 4th, 1776, which, okay, you know, take your own political opinion what you think about that. Um, but Ty Shaw took to a social media uh, to voice his opinion about that and said some things that really have not, not great. Uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing because the FCC would get us in trouble. <laughs> yeah, we would no longer have jobs, I'll tell you that. But uh, I will, there are some portions of what he said that we can share. Um, he says, first, he doesn't care to educate himself basically, on some of these issues and some of these concerns that have been voiced about why some people don't apparently like the 4th of July. And I get it. He's for some, On one hand, he's trying to stand up for uh, why he thinks it's a good holiday. But then when it gets to some of these other issues that are out there, he says, I don't care to educate myself. And then he's, he adds, and I will quote this, y'all have months dedicated to your oppressed blink. <laughs> And still so greedy to have more purely, uh, more to have more purely because history didn't treat your ancestors right. Um, not a, not a great comment. And then later on says, um, y'all don't want racism to go away. It gives you power and reason to, I'll paraphrase, to complain. So. Not, Ooh, yeah. not good things from Ty Shaw. And if you don't know who Ty Shaw is, uh, he's an offensive lineman for Utah State. Yep, played a majority of snaps last year. Played a lot last year, actually, for the offensive line. Got in some games as a redshirt freshman. Played a lot more as a sophomore this last year. Uh, six foot four, two hundred eighty-five pounds. He was going to be part of a an offensive line that was coming back by and large. A good majority of them coming back with good experience. Well. He's now been suspended. We don't know what his future is going to look like for Utah State. Utah State Athletics has released a statement. They did so last night um, immediately, actually, pretty pretty quick after everything kind of started coming about. Uh, it comes from Mr. John Hartwell, who's the vice president and athletics director of Utah State and, of course, head football coach Gary Anderson. Quote, Yeah, it's a joint statement. Yep. We have been made aware of, in a, of inappropriate racial comments made by a current student athlete on our football team. This will not be tolerated, and we have suspended the individual immediately. And impending an investigation will take appropriate action, end quote. Um, I'm going to look at the silver lining of this and give credit where credit's due to Mr. Harwell and Coach Anderson for absolutely and swiftly taking action. You didn't see that statement come out today, this morning, this late afternoon. This came out last evening. 
Right. It hey, wasn't quick a, on it. We've been made aware. We're going to investigate, and then we'll let you know. Now, according to Tony Jones of The Athletic, he said that the uh, Coach Anderson was going to meet with the leadership staff uh, to uh, discuss the incident and uh, further investigate into the situation itself. So, uh, again, uh, from what we've seen, it, it, Ty Shaw uh, has been suspended from the Utah State football team and from the activities of the football team as well. And an investigation will continue from Utah State, including Mr. Hartwell, Coach Anderson and such, and the leadership team to figure out what uh, the appropriate action will need to be taken place. But again, credit to those two and to Utah State for immediately, not hesitating, but immediately uh, taking action on the situation. Apparently other Utah State uh, football players, like teammates of Ty Shaw, speaking up. Did you see these And they're not great. Yeah. They're not great comments for Ty Shaw. I saw saw Troy uh, LeFetch Jr.'s tweet. Did you see – I heard something from Devin. Anderson? Uh, right. Uh, Devon Anderson says, honest, uh, honestly, doesn't surprise me what's happening at Utah State right now. Troy Lefferts Jr. says, ain't no surprise to me at all. Uh, Aaron Wade, what's going on here? Somebody please handle this. Hashtag disappointed. Um, even uh, DJ Nelson kind of weighed in on it. Former, former player saying, you know, this – Disappointing, not surprised. Um, and then uh, another person, this uh, Maisie Thompson, she's kind of thrown out an allegation on the, with all this going on, saying that uh, kind of accusing Mike Bear of some inappropriate comments that were directed towards uh, Devon Anderson. Yeah, using I, a racially I don't sensitive know. word. Again, that's an accusation. Yeah, I was going to say I don't know the legitimacy of that, so I'm not even going to try to comment on that one. Don't know about it. Uh, although Devon Anderson didn't dispute it, and uh, he retweeted it, he shared it himself. So, I, I it's not it's not a time to be well. It's never a time to talk like that. No, but even <laughs> certainly not now. And and the thing that Ty Shaw needs to learn is that like, what did you think was going to happen with the conversation, man? Like, if it's over Snapchat or whatever the heck that is. Or Twitter or Insta, whatever. It's going to get posted if you say something stupid. If you are that arrogant and that naive and, and uh, with that kind of a tantrum to post something like that or to, or to uh, mess with somebody with such language and not think that it's going to come back to buy you in 2020, you should have never had social media in the first place. Ever. Ever. That's just unreal that you can make those those kind of comments and think that you're gonna be that you're gonna be okay that that and that you were okay with saying those things is even worse actually. So I, again, I applaud uh, head coach Gary Anderson and John Hartwell in Utah State for uh, for handling that situation the way they did as swiftly as they did. We don't have a final I guess answer to the investigation. I'm, I'm sure it's gonna be a bit, uh, but when they do, we will let you know. Well, the bottom line here is that what what was said is is disappointing and shocking. Um, but also, how many other like current players, teammates, are like, "Yep, this doesn't surprise me." <laughs> They're not surprised to hear this. So mm. disappointing. Yeah, it's oh. 
2020 needs to just go away, man. <laughs> I'm so sick of it. I just can't. It just can't get of its own. Can't get out of its own dang way. I I don't know how else to put it. Hey, uh, really quickly, I I know this is kind of old news, but I wanted to. This is really bad to just to flip back on from what the conversation we just had. But did you even see the the spring football option? I know you commented a little bit on it, but re, even Lincoln Riley said it's very doable. And that guy, that guy coaches Oklahoma University, or you know, sorry, University of Oklahoma. That's that's don't want to make Sooner fans unhappy. Uh, University of Oklahoma, and he said spring football is very doable. Do you? I mean, I just feel like there's so many obstacles in the way. That I just don't know when you would start and how when you would end because you got graduation, you got finals and all that. It's I mean you're at the end of the school year. It's impossible. Uh, well, it's not impossible, but <laughs> it just it it's weird. It's unusual, but it's definitely an unusual time. I mean, it's if it was the option of not having a full year of college football or playing it in the spring. If that was your only option, then everybody would say, "Okay, we'll just we'll do it in the spring." Yeah. Does that mean do you start practices in January? You start playing games in February? Yeah. And then bowl games would be so. Would bowl games be in April if they started in January? Oh, and then I think the question you brought up a really good point that we had discussed one time by you is how do you handle that with basketball? Because basketball is like right in the midst of it, and you can't just like. Push back basketball to March and have them end in May. So there's there's another issue you have too. I mean, there's just there's problems all over the board. And like I said at the first of the show, a lot of questions with very few answers. And by the way, 14 uh, OU Sooner players did test positive as workouts began. Kansas has hauled their workouts over increased virus cases. Uh, you saw the same thing, I guess. Uh, Clemson had or had a lot of positive tests. Uh, Texas A&M, Houston. Houston's was more irresponsible than anything, to be honest with you. Uh, but just a lot of, um, a lot of problems and a lot of obstacles still in the way, and we are on July 6th. Camp is, for, I think we said best case scenario, camp should start when? Next week? So that would give you, what, eight weeks? Six weeks? Um, yeah, I think it's... One, two, eight. three, four, you're right, five, six, seven, eight, to get you into opening week for uh, a date with Washington State. <laughs> then that's just if you start next week. But the way this thing is going and, the, and how fluid it is, and every, you know, you said it before, every week something new comes up. Every week something new jumps into the into the uh, fryer to, to kind of escalate the situation of if or wh- when can we have football? Are we going to have football? Can there be fans? Won't there be fans? I think if you have football, you can't have fans, period, if you're crazy to do it. Just- uh, look at this. I mean, University of Hawaii, this happened today. Okay. Um, earlier today. University of Hawaii uh, saying that they had a game scheduled on September 12th, a home game, against Fordham. And the game has been canceled. Really? Uh, Patriot League uh, is re- is restricting travel. So they're not going to send their team to Hawaii. So University of Hawaii is like, oh, do we find a re- try to find a replacement game? What do we do? 
Do we just move it to another year for that uh, matchup? But what do we do this year? Huh. Yeah, there's like I said, there's a ton of questions to be answered. So they've canceled the game for next year or this year? I'm sorry. Uh, this fall. This fall. Uh, so- in fact, Rainbow Warriors, they actually opened up uh, mandatory strength and conditioning workouts on campus today. And they'll open their full training camp on July 31st if everything goes as planned. They're scheduled to play at Arizona on August 28th. But they've got one game already canceled. So they got to make that up then. Some way, somehow, right? Well, that's the question. I mean, can you, at this late date, find a replacement game for September 12th? I mean, everybody's got schedules locked in. Unless you can find somebody by some Hail Mary chance that somebody had a bye week and they'd be willing to travel to Hawaii. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know how many people are going to be willing to do that and spend the bucks on it or even risk it. Right. To go I mean, across the islands. Why? I mean, the, the cost to go play at Hawaii is significant. Yeah. And, it's, and if it's a late night game. And the way game, it messes up your following week. Yeah. Because you travel back in the time. So <laughs> they're, man, they're in a bad spot. Wow. <laughs> hey, uh, did you hear about Patrick Mahomes? Uh, he had a pretty bad day today, it looks like. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Patrick Mahomes signs a 10-year extension. It's worth up to $503 million. Now, he's already signed in for two more years. So this is a 12-year deal, practically, with the Kansas City Chiefs. That's $477 million in guaranteed money. And there is uh, outs for the mechanism, if you will, um, if things aren't exercised on the Kansas City Chiefs portion. Um, $503 million for 10 years. <laughs> oh, yeah, and then by the way, it's guaranteed injury money, too. So if he gets injured, he still gets $178 million in injury money. Talk about insurance and, and Yeah, and no ties to a percentage of the salary cap. Good heck. As you heard probably at the top of the hour, he now becomes the highest professional athlete in North America, professional sports. Highest paid athlete. Uh, how soon do you think it'll be before we see somebody sign a $1 billion deal? Baseball? I'd say soon. I mean, just the way things are, man. Like, you think baseball will be the first to offer a billion-dollar deal? <laughs> I mean, they have a tendency to sign longer-term contracts, and so its value would be— See, that's what's nuts, man. But Mahomes just did a 10-year. That's unheard of in the NFL. Half a billion dollars. Yeah, we're halfway there now. Half a billion dollars. And, dude, and you know what's crazy? Is that Tom Brady was just asking for, I don't know, $150 million— and Bill Belichick was like, nah. And then what? Patrick Holmes goes in there and he, you know, the agent goes in there and says, Hey, how about we keep him here forever and you give him half a billion dollars? Sounds great. Let's grab a cheeseburger on me. <laughs> Andy Reid. I just that's nuts, man. Half a billion freaking dollars. It's insane. Baseball players have got to be just livid right now. They've got to be just absolutely miffed. 
Uh, speaking of baseball players, coming up here after the break, MLB is still having some issues, and more and more notable names are dropping out of Major League Baseball. Well, and whole teams are having issues with their facilities as well. Yep, exactly. So how do you do training camp if you can't even play in your field? NBA also shutting down some camps in their own facilities uh, and then uh, having some players who are questioning if they want to go out and play. Some have actually announced that they won't. That and more coming up here on the Full Court Press. Eric Francis and I'm Jay Salveson, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM and 106.9 TheFan.com. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and RJ Salveson. Eric, we just heard from Donovan Mitchell. What stood out to you about his comments on Rudy Gobert's relationship with him? He hasn't come out publicly to say really much to clarify anything. It feels like there was a lot of misinformation and you didn't want to go responding to every little thing that was out there. But Donovan, if you say one thing, that's going to clear up a lot of stuff. You don't have to go around chasing every little post to clarify everything. I was a little surprised that he didn't do anything more than to address the relationship. Starting at 4 p.m. on 106 FM 13. 90 a.m. and 106andthefan.com. The Aggies, the Jazz, the High Schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 a.m. The Fan. If you want to listen to any of our past shows, miss any full-time or full interviews, uh, you can jump onto our podcast platform, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify. Just type in the Full Court Press, Eric, say my name, or uh, you can go on 106onthefan.com and find everything that you need to there to catch up with uh, whatever you've been missing so far during this really bizarre time of COVID-19. We look forward to July 30th when we hopefully see and feel some sort of normalcy as the Utah Jazz will get ready to play the New Orleans Pelicans at 4.30. That game will be broadcast on this very station uh, starring David Locke. And then on July 31st, we'll have our Season 3 premiere of the Full Court Press. A two-hour show will be back to 4 to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday. Uh, when we uh, we got plenty of great interviews and we got plenty of great content as sports will be back and football will be hopefully getting ready to, uh, to get themselves studied uh, for the 2020 football season. Baseball's a different situation right now, and it's becoming a bigger issue. Um, because Eric, more and more players, not just more and more noble names dropping out, but then some players are being tested positive, and then also practice facilities in baseball are shutting its doors. Yeah, so the latest uh, Major League Baseball player to opt out of the season is Nick Markakis for the Atlanta Braves. That sucks for me. Uh, already he's got a teammate, Freddie Freeman, who has tested positive, and so Markakis had a phone call. With his teammate. How you doing, buddy? (laughs) Basically, and his response is, man, just hearing him, the way he sounded on the phone, was not It was tough. Yeah. Yeah, So he's like, I'm out. Pitcher Felix Hernandez, I'm out. (laughs) So the list of Major League Baseball players opting not to play is growing, and they're they're becoming more and more significant names. Uh, David Price. Pitcher for the now the Dodgers, uh, Ryan Zimmerman, infielder for the Nationals, Captain pretty significant name. Rockies outfielder Ian Desmond. And by the way, Mike Trout is on the fence. He is not confirmed that he's going to play the season. He right. is sitting on the fence about this. Here's here are his comments. He says, "Why are we doing this?" He says, "It's a tough situation for everybody." This is Mike Trout. I talked to a lot of guys across the league, and they're texting me a lot. 
I'm not going to name any names, but they're all thinking the same thing. Is this going to work? You know, actually, you know, before we get there, let's uh, let, let's start with this. Here's Nick Markakis on the uh, reasoning behind his decision to sit out this, uh, this season. Hopefully. We've had so many issues. Dude, this thing is not playing for me today. Come on, Nick. Come on, Markakis. Got to be fetching joking me. I hate this thing today. <laughs> it's just not playing. You need me to come over there and no, take care don't. of things. No, I just... We just need to burn down these computers. It's been a bad weekend. No, I love the oh, look. Hi, Nick. Uh, I love uh, competing every day. Um, but the biggest thing, you know, my decision is, you know, we play this game for the fans. And, you know, to be able to go out there on a daily basis and compete and entertain for them, you know, that's what it's all about. And uh, to have to go out there and, and not have them part of that, and um, it's tough. And I think that was kind of my ultimate decision. It's it's obvious that uh, there you can tell how concerned he is about it. There's no like, yeah, you know, I'm going to just kick it at home. It's going to be a nice little vacation. No, he's actually quite scared. Uh, and he's on the tail end of his career, too. Yeah. I mean, this could be career-ending, a career-ending decision. Guy's, what, 36 years old? Yep. And so next season is in doubt for him to play anyway. So this is this is not a decision you can come to lightly. I mean, he could still produce. He could still play. And it's not like he's just on the real back end of his career just hanging on to a roster spot. Uh, but let's not all be doom and gloom on this. I mean, Clayton Kershaw, he's got three young kids. He's backing the league. He says he's uh, supportive of the players' union. He's going to trust that they know what that they're they have a plan. Justin Turner says, "quote Playing has probably been one of the easier decisions." Close quote. So there are some notable people that are backing out and they're voicing concerns, but there are also some pretty notable people saying. Hey, I think we can do this okay. But here's the thing, Ajay. No matter what Clayton Kershaw or Mike Trout may think or believe, if you don't have a facility to practice in or prepare in, that's going to make it really hard to even have a season. The Nationals, the Astros, the Cardinals, they have all canceled team workouts that were scheduled today because they haven't got the results back from COVID-19 testing. They did a bunch of tests uh, last week. Uh, they were supposed to have a quick turnaround time, but they they were supposed to arrive. And uh, 86 of the more oh, nearly 3,800 uh, tests have not yet been uh, reported yet. And so they're like, look, we can't continue until we know the results of those tests. Yeah, you bring up a great point. In fact, Buster only talks about how, I mean, this isn't the end of players opting out, that there could be in their probably will be more just for the fact that you see all these tests going There's out so much and some players being tested positive. And we heard that from Mike Trout on Friday. We heard it from Buster Posey yesterday. And the fact that so many respected veterans now have decided to step away, I think will give players a, a clear opportunity to assess their own situation as to whether or not they're going to, going to continue. That's the thing. I think you just said this too, that like, these aren't just no-namers dropping out. These are respected veterans, not just on their team, but around the league. Ryan Zimmerman is a very respected veteran around the league. 
Freddie Freeman, who is now becoming more on the veteran side, is very respected around the league. Ian Desmond, same thing. And if these guys were saying, you know what, I'm out, this isn't worth it, then it's like, well, maybe you shouldn't be. And if Mike Trout steps down and says, you know what, I'm not playing, boy, that's going to really turn a lot of heads for a lot of these young kids. Well, but it's also some of these people that are backing away, these are also guys that have done well for themselves. They have money in the bank. They've been doing it for a while. So you have a lot of younger players that are trying to make their mark, trying to get to that point where they can sign those big extensions. If they don't play, there's a real concern that you know, that's going to affect the rest of their career. So there's, there's I know there's this sense like, I don't have a choice. I have to play. I can't not play. I have to be able to fill a roster spot. It was so hard for me to get to where I am. I have to be able to compete to get that long-term contract or just get the next contract. Uh, I don't know. I just think that there's going to be a lot of guys that are thinking, that's great for Mike Trout. It's great for David Price. Some of these guys, move. they've all signed big deals. They've collected enough paychecks over their lifetime in Major League Baseball. They can say, oh, I just want to opt this one out. But for some of the younger guys or guys that are trying to to st- still fight for roster positions, it's not that much of a choice for them. Yeah, no, I and I absolutely agree with that. And then and the scary part is, is um, I think when we we're talking to John Balgini, he he said he wasn't confident that they could even get through the season. Now there's just too much at risk, and there's uh, there's too many holes in it. That he doesn't see a sixty a sixty game season being completed for baseball. The question I think Eric is is what's the over under of how far they get? Where do you set it? Sorry, say that one more time. What's the over under for a baseball season that they actually get through it? I mean, do they get through forty five and a half? Do you say forty five and a half games? And you say over under? Um, I'm gonna. I would probably take the under. I'm still skeptical. Yeah. Because, I mean, you never, even John Balgini, like when we asked him, he didn't even hesitate. I think the biggest reason I'm, I'm really skeptical is because Major League Baseball is saying you're going to play games in your arenas. You're going to travel across the country. Uh, we're, we're not going to try to isolate teams or, or people. Um, <laughs> all it takes is one person to bring it in and affect others and create some real problems. So, uh, that's why I'm I'm more skeptical about Major League Baseball than any other sport. The NHL, they're going to isolated locations. They can control things a little bit better. The NBA, same thing. Uh, NFL, there, I have I have some skepticism about that too because they're traveling everywhere. It's harder to do an isolated NFL uh, season in a couple of locations, but it could be done. You can play multiple games on the same field. The field's going to get tore up real quick, but it's <laughs> turf. Hey, speaking of NHL, they've uh, come out with a couple of things. First of all, the NHL says it's had 35 total players test positive for COVID-19. 23 of the 396 who have reported to team facilities for Phase 2 activities and 12 additional players outside of the Phase 2 protocol. With that, there is a well, a good stretch of good news for the NHL. Uh, that they have reached a tentative agreement on a return-to-play plan and a memorandum of understanding that adds an additional four years 
to the term of the current collective bargaining agreement. That includes transition rules and a new critical dates calendar. As part of the tentative agreement, according to the NHL and NHLPA, uh, clubs travel to hub cities August 1st. Uh, July 13th will start formal training camps. July 26th, uh, sorry, July 26th is when the clubs travel to hub cities, and August 1st is the start of qualifying round. The tentative agreement is now sub- subject to approval by NHL's Board of Governors, which, by the way, has been uh, started to be reported that it's all but guaranteed to be done, as well as NHLPA's executive board, uh, followed by the NHLPA membership, all which are guaranteed to be saying yes, according to several reports. Now, the respective review and approval process will take place over the next few days, and there will be no further comment until those processes are completed, end quote. So how about that, man? How about the NHL just stepping up and taking care of biz? You know what? For all the attention that the NBA and Major League Baseball have gotten, the NHL has just quietly gone about their business. I would say so. That's a great way to put it. We're going to not play this out in the media. We're going to take care of business. Uh, We're going to communicate with our people. uh, And we're going to develop a plan that we think is going to work. And, you know, they were kind of criticized for not naming where they were going to be until the, the last hour. But it turns out that was probably the better thing to do because there's uncertainty about where you can go based on what the rates are or how things are, are going up or how things are trending. So the NHL's played it played it right. Good for them. Yeah, no kidding. I, it's, it's really smart on their end. Like you said, just keep it under. Just keep it hush. Look, we'll just do this agreement between you and I. When we finish it, we'll announce something uh, so not only do they get a CBA agreement under all this, but then they actually get an announcement of dates of when they will be playing. Was it that hard? Baseball? Is it that difficult to get it done? That's that's just what's amazing to me. All right, we're going to take, take a break. Coming back, uh, Utah Jazz have their preseason, quote-unquote, scrimmages uh, set and ready to go. Eric has that schedule of what those games will look like. He'll announce those times and those opponents and we'll talk some NBA basketball as we close it up here on a Monday show of the Full Court Press, 106 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Talking the sports you care about. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, Eric France and LJ South here on the Full Court Press, 106 on FM, 1390 AM, and 1069thefan.com. Hope you're enjoying your day. Back from the holiday weekend. If you are finishing it up today, please be safe wherever you, however you may be joining us. We're grateful were you, that you are doing so. Were you one of the ones that uh, got in on the uh, Hamilton craze over the weekend? Oh, no. Yeah. Dude, uh, I was I at got- Bear Lake and I came home and I slept for hours. I don't even remember what happened over the weekend. Got into that. I admit, we watched it. There so, were a lot of okay. pauses along the way to explain what was going on. So wait, what wait. really happened in history? So what is this Hamilton thing? It's like, a musical. So was it like in a play? So yeah, go- based on you know the life of Alexander Hamilton, one of the founding fathers. Okay, so but, but it's all like rap and hip hop. The way it on, it's not your traditional musical. Is it on TV or something? Yeah, it was Disney Plus got the rights to. Share it on their streaming platform. So I, I just I have no desire to watch it. <laughs> I'll be honest. When it first started, I'm like I had I have no idea about Hamilton. I know that there are people saying, "Oh, this is a big thing," and they love it. And they love it. And 
spending all this money to travel to go see it. I just never really looked into it. But we're like, okay, I guess it's a thing. We're hearing all these people talk about it. It's available. We have the Disney Plus. Let's turn it on. And at first I'm like, whoa, okay, this is interesting. And then it just keeps going. <laughs> it keeps going with the with with this uh, rap and hip hop style, and it took me a minute to try to get caught up to speed. But then I'm like, you know, this is kind of cool actually, and it uh, watched the whole thing. It was good. I'll admit, it was good. I liked it. Huh. My kids are like, were those were those people black? Because there's almost all black actors that portray them. I said, no, it doesn't matter. I mean, I don't, it matter to me. It doesn't bother me. There's, those are just actors portraying people in history. They're very talented. So it was fun. We did that. I'm seeing it all over social media today, all the people that did the Hamilton thing over the weekend. Just wondered if you were one of them. I, I honestly had no idea what the crap you were talking about or what people were talking about today. <laughs> I just, I, yeah, no desire, man. Honestly, no desire at all. Uh, Eric, NBA is uh, trying to get their feet underneath the ground as they get ready to head to Orlando this week. Teams will start traveling 7th, 8th, and 9th. Jazz travel the 7th. Before the games start on July 30th, there is some uh, exhibition scrimmages, if you will, that the Jazz will take part in. Yeah, so the NBA did announce as part of this plan for the restart that it's only eight regular games that are scheduled, and then you're right into the playoffs. And a lot of teams were concerned about all this big layoff and guys getting... Back into game shape, understanding the plays again, remembering how to play with each other. And so they said, okay, look, we can have a series of scrimmages. And you can scrimmage against different teams that are going to be there. And originally, one of the things that was discussed was you would scrimmage against teams that are staying in your same hotel. Well, looking at this scrimmage schedule, that they've not held true to that. What they did say is, look, they're going to try to set it up so you can scrimmage against somebody from the other conference or somebody that you're not likely to play in the first round. So the Jazz have a scrimmage on July 23rd against Phoenix. They're the last game to be played on that date. They play the July 25th against Miami, and then they play July 27th against Brooklyn. So, I mean, it's, it's, they also, I guess, are okay tune-ups. Um, probably I'd probably rather see the Jazz go up against maybe some tougher competition, but I think it also helps them. Miami's a tough team. Jazz have struggled against Miami. Those have been good battles. But uh, Phoenix and Brooklyn, mm. I guess those are opportunities to fine-tune some things, and it's not going to be as intense, perhaps. But you know, Brooklyn... They're still uncertain to be out who's going to be on that team. You know, I'm kind of actually okay with playing Brooklyn um, based on where our team's chemistry and situation is at. Let's just get a little bit of confidence in us because right now I just don't know where mentally and emotionally this team is at with each other, with themselves being gone away from their wives and their kids. Like, let's just play Brooklyn without Kyrie, without Kevin Durant, let them have it, run some things, and see if we can get kind of the feel of having basketball back in our lives and being on a court together. Uh, for the Brooklyn Nets, DeAndre Jordan will not be there. Wilson so the- Chandler will not be oh, there. Geez. We know that Kyrie Irving will not be there. Kevin Durant will not be participating. Spencer Dinwiddie, didn't he test positive? So he yeah, may he be did. delayed when yeah, he gets he's there. He's delayed. 
But even if he's delayed, when he gets there, he still has to quarantine, I think, still. Yeah. Well, he has to quarantine before going, and then once he gets there, he'll have to quarantine again. Uh, the list of NBA players not participating has gotten longer, and probably the biggest name that uh, is part of this list is Victor Oladipo. I'm a little surprised at this. He had he had a bad injury, had come back from injury, was participating with the Pacers near the end before this whole thing collapsed, and now he's like, you know what? I just want to take time to make sure I'm rehabbed and ready for the following year. Yeah, and I don't blame him on that. Uh, wait, Bradley wait. Beal. Uh, is a potential free agent. A lot of people wondering what he's going to do. Time out. Did you not agree with Oladipo? And, uh, well, I was just surprised with Oladipo. Okay. I thought he would participate. I mean, he was playing with his team before the shutdown. I'll tell you this. So I'm a little surprised that he's not. It kills Indiana. That really hurts it Indiana. It really hurts Indiana. Uh, who'd you say Bradley Bill's not Bradley sure? Bill has not made a decision yet. He's still going to travel with the team, but he hasn't decided if he will play or not. There's wide speculation that if he did go, then uh, he would be there just to see where he could go up potentially as a free agent. <laughs> Wait, if you go, you have to play, though. You can't go oh, yeah, and you, sit. Yeah, well, you'd go, you'd play with your team, but your real reason for being there is to play the field, and I'm not talking about playing actual basketball games. All right, good night, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow on a Tuesday. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Baseball seasons normally have a very predictable rhythm. Right now, they'd be reaching the informal halfway point. We'd be approaching the dog days of summer. Teams would be getting ready for next week's All-Star break. A lot of clubs would already be out of it and shopping their best players on the open market. Maybe MVP and Cy Young debates would start rounding into shape. Right now, we have no storylines other than the fact that they're trying to get the season started later this month. It's going to be surreal. Usually, we don't take baseball that seriously in April and May, even June. Teams are just finding their sea legs. They're figuring out their rotation, seeing if there are young players that are good enough to help for the stretch run. No one has that luxury now. We're either about to hit the ground running or not have a season at all. There's no all-star break, no dog days of summer. The slow, calming pace of baseball isn't happening. Hopefully, we'll at least get this fast and furious version later this summer. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.